0: If you weren't here, last week I shared a word and I used the scripture from Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 17. It's a scripture that I felt like God gave me for this year, for us here at VCC, for Elizabeth and I in our life, at our home. But really, 2013, the word that God gave me is that 2013 is a year of opportunity for us. A year of opportunity for us in this church, a year of opportunity for you in your life. That everywhere that you go, there will be favor God's favor will be there, opening up doors that you have tried to open yourself but couldn't get them open. This year, I believe those doors will begin to open up for you as you go forward in him. The scripture that he gave us was Ephesians 5, 15 through 17, and it says, so be careful how you live. If there's going to be a year of opportunity, you have to be careful how you live. I have to be careful how I live. The things that I do determine what I see. So I need to make sure, we're going to talk today about staying on track, we need to make sure we stay on track with what God has for us. It says, you need to be like those who are wise, making the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, it says, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. The New King James says, understand what the will of the Lord is. That, that is something that's available to us, and we need to understand and know that. That as we go through this year, there's going to be opportunity. But I, I told you last week, I'll tell you again, I'll tell you next week. Every time you come through that door of opportunity, there's going to be somebody, some person on the other side. The opportunities that God provides for you, the opportunities that God opens to you are to bless you, no doubt. But, but he uses you as a blessed one to bless others. And when you come through that door, you're going to see people on the other side. Have opportunities to share Jesus, have opportunities to share your testimony. Have opportunities to talk about God's goodness. Have opportunities to invite people to church. God's got great things in store for you. This, this, this message that I have for the next three weeks, staying on track, is something that I felt like God shared with me back in September for the beginning of this year. And, and I think sometimes as we go through our year, we get to January, we finished the last year, we get to January, we're real excited about it. We're excited about all the things that are new, that are gonna open up and be opportunities. And many of us go our way and make resolutions and say, okay, this year's gonna be different. I'm gonna do this, this, and this. Or I'm gonna try to be more like this. Or I'm gonna try to be nicer to my wife. Or I'm gonna try to be nicer to the kids. Or I'm gonna try to read my Bible more. Or, we set up all of these things that, that we think we're gonna be able to do in this year. But then, when we get to like February, we've already lost half of the resolutions. About 10 days in, really. People are at the gym right now going crazy. They're going haywire, they're on every machine everywhere. But I'm telling you, you just wait it out. Just what? They'll disappear. By the time you get to February, they'll all be gone. And you'll get back on your favorite machine. And then all those people who spent all that extra money that's how you get new equipment in the gym. All these people who come with rev- resolutions they're going to get fit, they're going to change their life. They disappear by February. Well, how do we stay on track? How do, if we're going to have a year of opportunity and, and be in the right place at the right time in this right season, and God begins to open that door, we need to make sure that we're on track, that we're following the path and the direction that God has for us in our lives. The three words that he gave me were healthy, wealthy, and wise. We're going to take three weeks and talk about them. This week, we're going to talk about healthy, and it's not just being fit in your body. We're going to talk about wealthy Not just about being rich, not just about having abundance, there's more to it. We're going to talk about wisdom, the fact that not only is the wisdom of God open to you, not only do many of you understand and know the wisdom of God, but living in the wisdom of God. There's a difference. You can know a lot of stuff, but it doesn't do any good unless you don't live that stuff. So we're going to talk about that. But this week I wanted to share about healthy, the healthy side of your world and your life. And here's the deal: you are a three-part being. You have a body. It's this thing that we all look at, see, it's the part of you that you can touch and feel. You have a soul, which is your mind, will, your emotions, your intellect, the imagination side of you. And then you have a spirit man. And when you're alive under Christ, your spirit man becomes new. That's the part of you that's saved. You say, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna be with Jesus forever in heaven when I die. Well, your body doesn't it goes in the ground that's flesh your mind doesn't it ceases it's part of who you are physically but your spirit man lives forever that's who you are the new creature in christ part because how many of you know you get saved and you go out the door and you're still the same person you were when you came in here but something's different on the inside of you what's different the spirit has recreated who you are Your spirit, man, has become new. And so in our life, if we're going to stay on track with what God has for us in this year, we're going to have to purpose in our life, in our heart, in our day-to-day living, to in each of those three areas be healthy. The scripture that he gave me was in Proverbs chapter 3. It's verses 5 and 6, and it's out of the Message Bible. It says, trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Trust God. Listen for God's voice in everything. It's not just listen to God's voice sometimes. It's not just listen to God's voice like many of us do when we're in trouble. It says listen to God's voice every time. Listen to God's voice and listen for it and everywhere you go, not just everything you do, but in every place you go, He wants to speak to you and it goes on in the end of it says he's the one who will keep you on track he'll keep you going in the right direction if we as believers will follow him on wednesday nights we're sharing message on on discerning the voice of god called Finely Tuned. It's about tuning in to the voice, about hearing God's voice. Not just hearing it and understanding how he leads us and guides us as believers, but being able to, in this day, discern the difference between good and evil. Not just in the world, but in people's hearts as you relate with them and as you talk with them. Discernment's Critical discernment is a key in the life of a believer, and we need to understand and know how God speaks to us, how He leads us, and then how we can, in this life, distinguish between right and wrong, distinguish between good and bad, be able to make the right decision. We all face decisions, many of us, every day. Some of them are dire, some of us are in situations where we need to make the right decision. Get close to Him, the closer you get to Him. The more you know His voice. The closer you get to Him, the more you know His leading. The closer you get to Him, the easier it is to make right decisions. We talk about it on Wednesday night for the next couple weeks. You need to come. It'll be a good time. Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure everything out. Listen for God's voice in everything you do and everywhere you go. He's the one who'll keep you on track. The key to healthy living in your life is to yield all three, three parts of who you are to God yield all three parts of who you are. Not just one, not just two, but all three. You got to be hitting on all three cylinders. Our first car that we bought that was new was a Geo, Geo Metro, 1990, I don't know, five, six, somewhere in there. Oh, huh? Daniel was a baby. Oh, so it was like 1991. That's right, because we were smoking and we had to put our cigarettes out the window. Uh, But, That's right. I remember that. Daniel, poor Daniel. We had just covered him up with a blanket in the back. <laughs> You'll be all right, son. It had three cylinders. That's all it had. Got great gas mileage. Had three cylinders. But, but one, of, one of the cylinders wasn't working. So at that point, it's a glorified lawnmower. And, and you only got, at that point, you got two cylinders. One of them's not working. I couldn't even get up the hill on 18th Street. Uh, there wasn't... I mean, there's barely enough power in it to stay on the highway with three. But with two... It was no go. There was no get up and go. There was no, there was no safe driving. There was, it, was, it was scary with just two cylinders. That's the way it is for us in our lives if we don't operate with all three parts of who we are yielded to Christ. You're in this life to win a race, not just to run a race. First Corinthians 9.24 says, don't you realize that in a race everyone runs? But only one person gets the prize. So run to win. You aren't running against all the other people in this room. You're running against yourself. And if you will run the race that God has for you, and you will run it to the end, you'll win the prize. Don't run to be third place. Don't settle in life to just not be last. Don't settle in your race to just hope you make it to the end run with a purpose live your life with a direction stay on track with what god has for you and you'll win that was the idea that was the thing that really he showed me when we began to talk about a year of opportunity last week was if we're going to see the opportunities that god has for us we said we'll have to do some things we don't like we're going to have to face some situations that we don't understand and don't know the answer to we're going to have to think about some things that we haven't thought of before We may be scared a little bit or afraid of what's out there. But if we will go forward in faith, trusting God, we will see the victory. That's what we shared last week. In your flesh, that's the body part of you, that's this part. In your flesh, you must live holy and acceptable unto Christ. The flesh part of you. Your flesh doesn't want to do that. Your flesh is the part that wants to stay in bed and not get up and come to church because I don't feel good. Your flesh is the part that goes to sleep while you're trying to finish your Bible reading. Your flesh is the part that has to go to the bathroom every time there's an altar call. Your flesh, (laughs) right? It happens a lot in the youth. Doesn't happen a lot in here, but in the, in with, the with the students over there, man. It, it, it happens. I, as soon as you would say, "Stand up, I want to pray for you," they're all like, oh, "I got to go to the bathroom, man. I can't hold it. I'm going to wet my pants." You know, I mean, they all run out the door. That's flesh. Get it under control. Get your flesh under control. It says in Galatians 5.17 that the flesh wars against the spirit and the spirit wars against the flesh. It's no surprise that your flesh doesn't always want to do what the spirit man wants to do. There is a war going on on the inside of you. You are spirit, soul, and body. Your mind, will, and emotions is the soul part, and it's the deciding factor. We'll get to that in a minute. Your spirit wants to serve God. Your flesh wants to do whatever it wants to do. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. Your flesh goes after stuff. Why is it that many times you say, I don't want to do that, but man, I just I can't help it. Well, your flesh wants it. Whether it's the lust of the flesh, you can go through and read them all. We don't have time to go through each one. But it says if I walk in the Spirit, I won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. But he explains here in Galatians 5.17 that there's a war going on between the flesh and the Spirit. And that's why sometimes you don't do what you know to do. Romans 12.1 says, uh, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. Is the life you're living in the flesh holy and acceptable to God? What is happening with your body? Because you... Can help it. You'll say, I can't help it. Yes, you can. Your flesh does not have dominion over your spirit if you're alive to Christ. If you're born again, your spirit man has the power, the dominion, and the authority in your life. You have to make a decision with your mind as to which one of these two things you're going to let rule. And it says in Romans 12, 12.1 that, that we're supposed to let our bodies be lived, our lives be lived, our flesh be a living sacrifice on this earth. That means telling yourself no sometimes. We have generations that are with us, or maybe even a little younger than us, that haven't really ever had to hear no so much. I remember teaching one time, and I talked to a kid, and I said, you can't do that. He said, why not? It's, it's, it's not right. Well, I want to do it. But it's not right. Didn't even have a concept. Just looked at me and said, right to who? Ah, to the inside of me. You can't, you can't do that. What is that thing on the inside of you? That's that moral compass on the inside of you. That's that thing that says, I, I need to do what's right. We've got a whole group of people who don't know. So their flesh is just doing whatever it is they want to do whenever they want to do it. It's the part of of you that says, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to go and get to the gym, and I'm going to work out. I'm going to eat right. I'm going to exercise. I'm going to do all those kind of things. And then by February, you're back home eating donuts and watching Oprah. I mean, that's... what, what, what what, What happened? You got weak mentally, and you allowed your body to rule your situation. And until you get fed up with your situation in the flesh enough to change your mind and go a different direction in the spirit, you'll continue to be that same person. There's a practical part to this, and there'll be a practical part to each one of these three things about staying healthy in our flesh. You can't allow your flesh to be in control, to be in charge. You must take care of your body. It's the only thing you have in this earth for your spirit man to reside in think about it you are it says the temple of god that he resides on the inside of you are you destroying your temple or are you building your temple that's your choice The one thing we can do beyond anything, we can eat right and we can exercise. I don't know what that is for you. I don't know what that means for you. I just throw that out there. You want something practical so that I can live healthy in my body in this year? Eat right and exercise. I don't know what that means for you, but I just know it's true. Throwing my own stone at my own head, you know, I'm right there with you. I I do all right for a while, then I fall off the the food wagon or whatever it might be. But you, you have to pay attention to that in your life. I remember Pastor Bill, years ago, if you've been here for a long time, the first time he had an issue with his heart, and they came dragging him out of the house in an ambulance, rushing him to the hospital, then rushing him to Indianapolis. He had to have these stents put in his heart because they were almost completely closed, his arteries. He came up and he shared with us a couple weeks later what God had been speaking to him was he needed to eat well and exercise. And he said, this, this is the enemy coming against me, but he said, this is my fault. I heard God tell me this, and I didn't do it. And he went over and over and over and over again, the times where God told him through that year that he needed to change his habits, eating and exercise-wise. I'm telling you, you can't go anywhere without this body. You need to take care of it. Second part of you that really, I think, is you got the flesh on one side and the spirit man on the other. Can you be spiritually healthy? We know physically in our body we can be healthy, but can we be spiritually healthy? Sure, you have to be spiritually fit for God to lead you down this path that he has for you to keep you on track. Your spirit, man, is alive under Christ. You were created as a spirit in his image. John four twenty four, I think, says that God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. And it says in in Genesis in chapter chapter 1 that we were created in his image. Therefore, we were created as spirit as well. It also says in John that we can't worship him in the flesh, but we have to worship him by the spirit. It's in John 3. It's like 7 or 8 right in there after, you know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, it goes on then and says, this is why he was telling Nicodemus, this is why you need to be born again because you can't enter the kingdom of heaven as flesh. You can only enter the kingdom of heaven as spirit and your spirit man can only become alive as I enter your life by the power of the Holy Spirit. You must be born of both water, he said, and spirit. So now when you invite Jesus into your life and you give Him control and you say, I know you're the Son of God and you died on the cross for me. Forgive me of my sins and please take control of my life. Your spirit man becomes alive. And then at that point then, we have to spend the rest of our days on this earth seeking Him. Spiritually in our life, trying to follow after the leading and the guiding of the Holy Spirit. Your spirit man leaps at the chance to sit in God's presence. Your spirit man yearns to praise and to worship God. Your spirit man does. That's why when you come to church, you have this, you've this—you've got this feeling of like, oh, and you, you kind of sing a little bit and your hands kind of start to go up or you kind of clap and you sit down and God begins to speak to you and something on the inside of you is stirring. Why? Because you're in the presence of of God. And your spirit man starts to come alive. And it wants the word. Your spirit man wants time with him. Your spirit man wants to communicate with God. But your flesh is flesh. And as you go down this path, we have to choose the spirit more than we choose the flesh. I would say we have to choose the Spirit every time over the flesh, but I, I don't even know if I have faith that I can. That's the goal. But it says that no man is going to get through this whole thing without making a mistake. That we're, but our goal is to live blameless. Our goal is to live that way. That's why on Wednesday nights we're talking about discerning the voice. Why? So we can hear Him. So we can know how He leads us and guides us and take us in the right place. Spiritually, I'm aware. I'm in tune. I'm following after what God has for me how does all that come? Time in his presence. Time in his presence. It sounds really good when we're in church and we share a message about reading the word, about praying, and about having a devotion time with God. Everybody starts, their hearts start to stir. Stir. We say, what is a time in your life? When can you do that? God, show me. And he begins to speak. You begin to know, oh, yeah, that'd be awesome. God, wake me up tomorrow morning, and I want to spend time with you. Wake me up at 6 so I can spend a half hour with you before I get ready for work and I leave. And at 6 o'clock, what happens? Your eyeballs pop open. Bing. What is that? Your spirit man saying, okay, it's 6 o'clock. I want to read. I want to pray. I want to hear from God. And you say, nine more minutes, God, snooze. I found that he doesn't have a snooze. That when I ask him to wake me up, my spirit man is alive on the cross. He wakes up. I'm I'm awake. My eyes are open. And then when I say, I don't feel like getting up right now. I just need to sleep a little bit longer. That's your flesh. And you say, God, just wake me up in nine more minutes. Try to hit snooze. I found that he's a real gentleman and he doesn't really have nine more minutes. He just kind of says, he tried to ask me and I wanted to wake you up. See, but we can choose to walk in the spirit and not the flesh. Romans 5.16. If you walk in the flesh, you're going to fulfill the lust of the spirit. But Romans 5.16 says, if you walk in the spirit, you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. I don't know what you struggle with in your flesh. I don't know the secret sin. I don't know the thing you go to. I don't know the thing. Maybe, you know, there's all the seven sins, lust and gluttony and all those kinds. Of, I, I, I don't know what, what the thing is in your body, in your physical self, in your flesh that you struggle with. But God does. And he says you can overcome that if you choose to walk in the Spirit. Ephesians 5.1 one. You say, I don't know how to do that. Ephesians 5 1 says, Be imitators of Christ as dear little children. When I used to come home from work and I worked in the, at SIA and I had my big boots and all my stuff and I was covered in grease and all kinds of things and I had my little lunchbox and my hard hat and all my stuff, Daniel would dress up in it every now and then and wander around the house. Because he wanted to be like, he wanted to be like, like me, so he would put all of his stuff on. He would act like me, you know. All this—that's that, what we're supposed to do. How many of you know what Jesus would do in your situation? What would Jesus do? That's the bracelet, right? Oh, I only uh, do it. I don't want to. That's flesh. I don't like it. Flesh. Does it matter? Nope. Maybe you need to hire somebody to come around with you and smack you in the back of the head every time you act in the flesh ask god he won't smack you in the back of the head but he'll tap you on the shoulder and say i don't think you should do that i'm telling you if you have problems with the words that you're saying pray like david did god put a guard over my mouth he'll put a guard over your mouth you get ready to say those things that don't line up with god's will or god's word and and the the spirit of god will check you on the inside then many times we just run right on by that and we say it anyway because it makes us feel better. Feel better, flesh. But it doesn't take us in the right direction spiritually. Which would you rather have? Feeling better in your flesh for sharing a piece of your mind with somebody? Giving them what's coming them, to them? Or would you rather be going spiritually the direction that God has for you to go? Spiritually. We're in church now, so you would say spiritually. I don't want to go that direction. The practical side of this, in your life as you live this year, day by day, forgive and ask forgiveness. To be spiritually healthy in your life, you have to walk in the spirit, not the flesh. To have sin operating in your life puts you in the flesh. But if you ask forgiveness of your sins, it says God is faithful and just to do what? Forgive you of those... And it takes you and it brings you right back into right standing with him, spirit. People come against you, they're going to hurt you in this year, forgive them. Why didn't do anything? Forgive them anyway. There is no place in the life of a believer to carry the offense. John Bevere wrote a book years ago, The Bait of Satan. It's the thing that holds and traps many believers in this earth from seeing God work and moving their life. It's because they're holding something against somebody else. This person wronged me, they hurt me, and I can't get past it. I'm not going to let them go. Well, then you're not going to be blessed, and you're going to come off track in this year. You won't see the opportunities that God has for you. But he said it's a year of opportunity. Yes, if we live well and we follow his spirit. If we don't, you're going to miss it. And you can't be in unforgiveness and see God's best for your life. It doesn't work. Forgive. And ask forgiveness. The second thing, really, I already said it earlier spend time. The more time you spend with God, the closer you get to Him, and the easier it is for you to walk in the Spirit. Don't go shut yourself up in your house for the next eight weeks. But listen, there's something to this fasting and praying and reading the Word and seeking His face. Fasting puts the flesh down praying reading the word, seeking god's face that lifts the spirit up there were like elizabeth said there were a lot more people on wednesday night and we said hey how many of you fasted man they were clapping everybody was waving their hands i said we'll see how it goes on sunday seven days in three days in yeah seven days it's like yeah i'm still doing it but i uh. come on if you need help find, go look up the soap method s-o-a-p it's simple, it's just a little acronym, that's scripture, then you observation, you observe it, you think about application, how can you apply this in your life? It goes along that spending time with him and making it profitable in your life. Your spirit, man, craves relationship in his presence. If you want to be spiritually healthy in your life this year, get in his presence. Your spirit craves his presence, it thrives in his presence, and there is no substitute for it in your presence. Matthew 26, 41 says, The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Your spirit man wants to serve God and spend time with God. The third thing that's practical for you in this life is pray in tongues. It says in the Word of God that we could be filled with the power of the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in tongues like like they did in Acts in chapter 2, and from that place on. We're a charismatic church. We're a place that believes in that, and the infilling of the Holy Spirit. we're, We're a church that believes in speaking in tongues. I'm telling you, there's power in that. Praying in tongues keeps you in the spirit. It takes you from the flesh directly to the spirit. It's you praying, you speaking to God, what you don't know, what to say with your words. It says in the word that when I am weak and I don't understand and I don't know, as I pray in the spirit, the Holy Spirit is speaking those things to God, but also delivering those answers to me. On another plane and another level, when I don't know what to say and I don't know what to do, I can begin to pray in the Spirit. It strengthens me. It builds me up. It activates your spirit, man. It's important. The third part of this, and this is the one that determines what's going to happen this year for you and for me. If we're going to remain on track with what God has, we're going to have to be Mentally tough. You have to be. Many people don't make it because they're mentally weak. When push comes to shove, they give in mentally. It's the people at the gym who are going through all the hurts and all the pains right now, they're trying to diet, they're trying to exercise, do all this stuff, their body's rebelling, they don't feel well, they're aching, they're sore, and their mind stops telling them to go because the pain of what they're doing, the sacrifice of what they're doing, isn't worth what they're getting. So mentally, they give up. And when you mentally give up, you side with the flesh mentally, and those two things have control of your life. And mentally when you get hooked up with your flesh it leads to destruction. You know that. Well, how do you change that? Romans 12:2 yeah. says that you could be transformed. It said don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform or completely change you into a new person by changing the way you think. Be tougher mentally. Be tougher mentally than what you face in this world. It's important. You can't give in mentally to the situations of this world. You can't give in mentally to what your flesh wants and desires. That's why I say sometimes you got to tell your body no. People say, I'm addicted, I can't help it. Yes, you can. Because if you walk in the spirit and not the flesh, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So if you can't help it and you're falling into that thing, you're changing your mind, you're weak, and you need to strengthen it up here. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, that you, uh, sorry, I don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn, listen to this, Back in Ephesians chapter 5 in the beginning, the very end of that scripture said so that you can know or understand what God wants you to do, say the will, the, the, will God, the will of the Lord. Here it says in Romans twelve two that if we can meditate or if we can change the way we think to be in line with what God's word says and what his will is for our life, that we're coming in line mentally with the spirit side of who we are, and now we're taking control of the flesh. Romans 12:1 was the flesh. Romans 12, 2 was the thinking. And it says you'll be completely changed and transformed so that in the end of the scripture it says you will learn to know God's what? Will for you. Which is good, perfect, and pleasing. Your mental health goes a long way to determine your physical health. If you don't think that's true, think about all those drug commercials that you see on TV. As soon as they start telling you the side effects, you have whatever that disease is. You start itching, your leg starts going, I got restless leg, I, I'm, I got it, I got it, I heard it on TV, I, I, I got it, it's going on, my leg won't stop, right? I got an uncontrollable urge to go to the bathroom. I don't know what that is, but I must, I need that pill. Stop watching TV. Change your mind, stop thinking, that's how powerful your mind is. Something happens and people begin to think that that's the truth and then your body does what? Follows right in line. Because if it doesn't line up with the Spirit of God, you're walking in the flesh and your body will get hooked up with the mind in big time, big ways. But if you cast down those thoughts, cast down those vain imaginations, get rid of those things and stay focused, firmly planted, on the Word of God. That's why we have Victory 101. If you want a foundation in the Word to know a little bit more about salvation and faith and righteousness and healing and the the gifts of the Holy Spirit and, and the baptism of the Holy Spirit and these things, come to that class, Victory 101, for six weeks at 1130. Begin to pour in the Word, the truth. Why? So that when I go out, I can stay on track because I have something to rely on. Too many believers, and maybe it's not a lot of you, but in that third service, there's a lot of folks who are, who are in that place who don't know anything about the Word. They're asking, am I saved? Do I, can I be okay? Can I make it? I don't know anything about the Bible. Well, this class is for you. This is an opportunity for you because you have to have some ammunition against the enemy. Otherwise, you end up anxious and troubled. Philippians 4 says, Do not be anxious for anything. Do not be anxious for anything. In Proverbs it says anxiety in the heart of man causes depression. In Luke chapter 10 it's a story of Jesus coming into the house of Mary and Martha. And as he came in and he sat down Mary came and sat with him but Martha having Jesus in the home took on More responsibility than she needed to take on. She she wanted to provide a nice place for Jesus. True. We want to do that. But he was there in her presence, in her midst. And she was troubled by the serving and the things that Mary wasn't doing. Don't get your eyes on the stuff and what somebody else is or isn't doing. She came to Jesus and she wasn't so upset about having to work herself. She was more upset because her sister wasn't working right? She came to Jesus and said, Mary isn't helping me. Would you? He's t- she's telling on him, He's telling on her to Jesus, would you tell her to help me? And he said, oh, Martha, Martha, you're so worried and troubled. She's chosen the good part. Don't be anxious. Don't be troubled. The practical side of this for you and for me The first thing is, you have to be in the Word. You don't have any ammunition against the thoughts that the enemy throws at you, against the things you find yourself in, in the flesh. You have no ammunition if you don't know the Word of God. In the book of Acts, some of those folks who didn't know Jesus... But they saw what the disciples were doing Casting out spirits and those things Went and tried to do it themselves And the spirit spoke back and said Yeah, yeah, Peter, I know Jesus, I, who are you? And then whooped him You can't go into your situation and Say, Pastor John said You got to go into your situation and Say, the word of God says The spirit of God has told me Get your mind in line with the spirit And if you'll do that You'll be victorious But you must know the word Listen to this in Proverbs I use this scripture all the time Chapter 4 Verses 20 to 22 It says Incline your ear To my sayings Pay attention to them Understand them Why? Because It goes on and says It is life to you spirit and health to all of your flesh but what are you doing mentally understanding and interpreting and listening to his word if we'll do that incline our ear if we'll lean on him if we'll pour ourselves into what he has in the word and in his will for our lives as we communicate with him by prayer and by listening See, it takes us and it takes care of our flesh and it takes care of our spirit. Mentally, you have a part to play in this. And the last thing is 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Get, don't think dumb stuff. Have you ever seen somebody? They started going the right direction and then all of a sudden they started thinking dumb stuff. And all of a sudden they got crazy on you. Like they were grounded, they were going the right direction and then all of a sudden they just got wacko. Started thinking dumb stuff. Don't think dumb stuff. Hire somebody to spiritually knock the donuts out of your mind. When you try to eat that donut mentally, it's not good for you. Get rid of it. Well, I don't know if I can do that. Yes, you can. Second Corinthians chapter ten five says you can cast down every vain imagination, and you can take captive every thought. Every thought that doesn't line up with the Word to the obedience of Christ. You can do it. I can do it. We can stay on track this year. We can be healthy in our life, both physically, in our body, mentally, in our noggins, spiritually, in who we are as a spirit man. And as you stay healthy in those three areas, I'm telling you, you stay on track with what God has for you. And that's what we all want, isn't it?
1: We hope this message encouraged you. Victory Christian Center is passionate about sharing the love, acceptance, and forgiveness of Jesus. Learn more about us at victorylafayette.org. If you don't know Jesus or maybe you've gotten distracted and stopped following him, I'd like to pray for you right now. The most important decision you'll ever make involves accepting the love of Jesus and his gift of new life. I'd invite you to make this prayer your own and take this opportunity to begin to follow Jesus. God I ask you to reveal yourself to me. I want to know you. I ask you to forgive the sin in my life that has kept me from enjoying a relationship with you. Give me a fresh start by changing my life and helping me to follow you from this point forward. I accept your love through Jesus and I commit to trust your plan for my life. It's in Jesus' name that I pray, Amen. If you've prayed this prayer for the first time, please get in touch with us and let us know. To learn more about Victory or to contact us, visit us online at VictoryLafayette.org.